How does one become interested in pathology? What does a typical day look like for a forensic pathologist? What happens when you think your friends have prank called you saying you're accepted to medical school? How does a fan of the Swedish band The Sound get banned from MGM properties in Las Vegas? Today on Talking Missions and Med Student Life, I interview LaVon, third-year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Got another uh, great uh, guest today on the pod. Hello, LaVon. How are you? Very good. How are you? Um, so, yeah, let's get right into it. Um, what rotation are you on? I am uh, I'm a third year and I'm on my elective rotation. It's uh, and you, you have chosen to do I have chosen to do forensic pathology for my elective. That is so awesome. Yeah. So, are you thinking about this for as a field? So, not specifically yet um, the forensic pathology, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely pathology. I'll be applying to pathology okay. next year. All right. Why pathology? Because uh, it's awesome. That's mm-hmm. kind of the short mm-hmm. of it. But I think. Um, I just kind of every – I started thinking about pathology kind of mid-first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way our um, courses here, um, we're taught by a lot of pathologists and pathology residents. Mm-hmm. So you don't really know going into med school. No one goes into med school – well, most people don't go into med school thinking they want to be pathologists. Well, well maybe because of crime scene investigators. There's maybe, that CSI yeah. effect. That's true. That's okay. true. Uh, but you don't – I didn't know what it even was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the more I looked into it, the more interesting it looked. And So what is pathology for the people who are listening who may not know? So pathology is not what your traditional doctor, one thinks of a traditional doctor. It's still an MD degree, mm-hmm. MD or a DO, um, but you uh, study disease, so disease processes, and mostly it's based on making diagnoses. Mm-hmm. So... Um, looking at tissue. Yeah. yeah. Looking at tissue, laboratory tests. So there are two major parts of it. There's anatomical and there's clinical. Mm-hmm. So one of it's looking at tissue. One of it's more looking at uh, chemical tests and things mm-hmm. like that. So for a lot of patients, a lot of people, when they go in and you know they have a biopsy and they take some tissue out because the doctor's worried, is this cancer, is it non-cancer? They send that off to the lab and then a pathologist would be the official person who looks at it under a microscope, what have you. And calls it like, okay, this is cancer stage two, right? That would be the pathologist. Yeah. Okay. And what happens is usually uh, a patient doesn't have much interaction with a pathologist. Pathologist Mm -hmm. is considered a doctor's doctor. Mm -hmm. So your surgeon will come back to you or send you an email or talk to you in a clinic visit and say, hey, the pathology report says that this is non-cancerous and this Mm -hmm. is benign. Uh, But what happens behind the scenes is the tissue gets uh, processed and there are various stains and and tests and Mm -hmm. – immunohistochemistry and things that get done that a patient doesn't really need to know or if they want to know they can but kind of behind the scenes work yeah (laughs) and uh you know jumping ahead to residency programs i already know the past few years has been a huge shift right because as i recall up until a few years ago there used to be an intern year attached to a pathology residency and i think they did away with that because i think the rationale was like why don't we start like why don't we have our pathologists start their residency sooner and then graduate earlier. Does, does that sound about right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and as far as my reach, as long as I've researched it with the last couple of years, mm-hmm. there hasn't been an intern year. And I think there has been, I don't know when that shift was, but uh, so it's one of the few specialties where you go kind of directly into it. So yeah. as an intern, you are a pathology resident. So mm-hmm. you're doing all path. You don't have to interact things. with live patients. 
most uh, path residents or most pathologists after their fourth year after graduation, uh, they – in, in uh, that type of a capacity, in a clinic capacity, they don't talk to a patient. Okay, interesting. All right, so let's talk about your experience. What, so what, yeah. what was the name of the rotation? Forensic? It was forensic pathology. So you're with the Utah Medical Examiner. Yeah, so, so let's state talk about labs. This. Oh, so, it's, it's been so much fun. Uh, is it a two-weeker or a four-weeker? Huh. It's a two-weeker. Okay. Yep. So what's a typical day like? What do you do on this rotation? So a typical day in the ME's office, um, the, in the morning, so the, from the night before, uh, any the ME is in charge of just according to the statutes that the legislature sets. They're in charge of all motor vehicle accidents, all homicides, suicides, and usually suspicious deaths. Mm. And a lot of times overdoses also if a physician's not comfortable with um, uh, writing the death certificate. And also there are a couple other things I think uh, if someone passes away in a state penitentiary or something like that. Mm. So mostly it's homicide and suicide. Uh, and they come in uh, overnight. Bodies get processed. Uh, well, they just come in into the morgue. Okay. Uh, and they are just kind of set up for um, autopsies in the morning. Okay. So we get there early in the morning. And, and what's, what's, what's a busy day like or what's a typical day? How many people are we talking about? A typical overnight? day. How many bodies come in overnight? Overnight, anywhere from 5 to 20. Okay, and this is the entire state of Utah, or is it just like northern Utah or Salt Lake City, or it's entire state of Utah. Okay. So uh, bodies will come in from St. George. How do they um, come in from St. George? Do they put them on a plane, or do they so drive them I think they they drive them up most of the time. Okay, uh, and uh, they have a separate um, cor- uh, coroner's office, I believe, that hmm. that goes and transports them. Okay. Yeah. So sorry, I interrupted. No. Uh, so what happens is, and it's interesting. It's it's state based. So if let's say you're in Wendover, the Utah part of Wendover, if you're just over the line, you go to the Nevada ME's office. Mm-hmm. If you're over the line on this side, you come here. There must be so. some statute where if someone dies right on the line, like it's wherever the head is, right? Or so there's probably some. There's law probably somewhere. something, yeah. and they have stories where people have died in the Wendover casinos, and they just put them in the parking lots because it's closer to Utah. But those are <laughs> <laughs> all right. So five to twenty um, bodies come in. So they come in, and then you as the medical um, student, what do you do? And what do in the morning, uh, they have a, so there are files with each body, and usually mm-hmm. there's investigators that go out and talk to the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually the doctors only go out on the scene if there's been a, a homicide or. Um, or like a larger homicide, something that they need to necessarily be there. If not, they have proxies, which are just investigators mm-hmm. that go and get the report and bring the reports. So unless there's like some question or if it doesn't happen, if it happens during normal business hours, it's unusual for the pathologist to go out unless it's kind of a big crime. Yeah, usually if there's um, if there's like a drowning or usually if there are children involved, they usually go. Oh, okay. um, but uh, most of the time, there's a pathologist always on call. Oh, all right. Um, so as a med student, they have us go through all the reports so we know what all the cases are. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a couple of things they want us to look at. They want us to look at some of the past history and kind of come up with a differential of – what might have killed him or what could have been. So that's the question you're trying to answer. What, what, how did this person pass away? So that's that's their uh, main objective is to find out what caused their death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a couple of – so they have some options to pick and what caused the immediate death and what led to that. Mm-hmm. And, um, so – and then we start with autopsies. So um, there are multiple stations and um, there are a lot of – there are many techs and two doctors that are cutting at the same time. And um, depending on what type of a – um, what what we have to work with is mm-hmm. the extent of the autopsy, which mm-hmm. I didn't realize 
but there can be very few skeletal remains. It can range from anywhere from just a few bones to mm-hmm. an entire body. They find, just they find remains out in the desert. Yeah, yeah, they find remains in the desert. Sometimes they find decomposed bodies in the Jordan River, which happens way more often than the, uh, people like to think of. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. So everyone gets to work. Is you as a med student, are you allowed to work on a body by yourself or do you have someone supervising you? How's that? Look? We're not. We're okay. usually most in, – in this uh, instance, we're usually mostly observing. Okay. Uh, we get – pimped or mm. ask questions about anatomy mm-hmm. and, and disease processes and things but we're not um, we're not directly cutting the bodies because mm-hmm. legal yeah things. so one I remember I talked to a student a few years ago who did a similar rotation I think the exact same rotation in fact and they were surprised by there's like a weighing process where they take out the organs and they weigh them. Is that does that is that sound familiar? Is that, yeah, okay. they they so have very science. I mean, they kind of everything boils down to how much does this weigh, how big is this, and they kind of catalog all these. So yeah, yeah and it's interesting. Sometimes you'll just have no idea what's going on and just some mysterious death, and then um, you cut the chest wall open and you see there's an obvious cardiac tamponade right there. Mm-hmm. We've seen I think like three of them in the last two weeks. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting seeing the actual pathology. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they take uh, they'll do the gross examination, which is just visual examination. But then also they'll take slides to look at later to, to under the microscope. If, what if what percentage questions. bodies are, is it not clear? I mean, they can't really determine. A lot of them, um, I would say, maybe, maybe half of them. Usually, you can. A lot of it, they'll sign out as a pending investigation, okay. and, and a lot of them, you take to- to- well, pretty much most of them, you take toxicology samples. Mm-hmm. So if someone those take o- a while, I just remember the in the news, oh. it always takes like two to four weeks to run tox labs. I know? think state labs sometimes even more. Okay. So yeah, right. so and then. Um, and sometimes you get amended information. So once you get that, you can amend it or change a death certificate. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of this becomes more important when it's homicide cases or, uh, and such. Because so. then pathologists have to potentially go to trial, appear at trial, right? Yeah, that's the next part. So we were lucky enough. A lot of times they only have one or two um, every month. Uh, but in the last two weeks, there were four uh, three trials that we went to. Interesting. And uh, two homicide cases and then one uh, malpractice case. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we went there and we just kind of watched the pathologist testify and it's mm. interesting. Um, they put the suit and tie on. They put the suit and tie on. Uh, they told me not to wear a tie because they would fail me in the rotation if I wore a tie. Okay. <laughs> that the pathologist uh, That's the pathologist. <laughs> uh, but then they testify, yeah, and then get cross-examined. And it's it's – very similar to what you see on TV. I, I, I'm sure pathologists love getting cross-examined by the defense attorneys or – yeah. What's interesting uh, – what they told me is they really enjoy teaching um, the jurists uh, anatomy because oh, they have to – sometimes they'll have – they have to just kind of explain basic mm-hmm. um, circulatory or basic other systems. So it's it's interesting watching them up there. They've done it so many times. It's, it's mm-hmm. really smooth. <laughs> so do you get to go out in the field? Uh, yeah, I went to one scene, a car crash. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, and why, were, why was why were why was the pathologist called? So scene? the ME. So what happens is usually when there's when there's a death, mm-hmm. um, they make sure the scene is secure and mm-hmm. everything, and they collect whatever the police collect whatever evidence they need, and then they call uh, the ME's office. Oh, I see. Uh, and their investigators go out and collect the bodies mm-hmm. uh, and transport them and then also take photographs and get kind of the story from the police so that mm-hmm. it, together you can form a diagnosis of what actually happened. So, okay. 
But no, it's been a fun rotation. I've really enjoyed it. Do you ever feel queasy with this stuff? Do you ever have upset stomach? Um, I did one one morning. Uh, I did. I I had just finished my breakfast. I went in, and there was a decomp body that that they were starting on. And it was a body that was found in the river, mm. and it's been in the water for some time. So it uh, it it took me a minute. The I didn't. Smell. Yeah, the smell kind of hit me. But uh, it's it's funny because they have all the techs and the docs there have stories of big tough police officers coming in to watch. Um, Sometimes and they're like, "Oh, I'm okay, I'm okay," and then just yeah, lose, lose it. it. Lose it. Yeah. <laughs> and is so. it? I mean, there's this image of toe tags. Is that accurate? Um, you know, you like little tags on the toes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. The yeah. Okay. yeah, they have right. them in. And then um, you have the big freezer with like the multiple drawers, and they pull out the body, kind of. Yeah, All right. yeah. So yeah. That, they have just accurate. moved yeah. very, yeah, very much so. Yeah, okay. they've moved into a new building, so it's much nicer. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty much the same stuff goes okay. on. <laughs> is there kind of a, a machismo where? You know, you're not allowed to like wear a mask. You're supposed to just to tolerate the smell. No, they uh, they let us take wear a mask. Okay, they, right <laughs> away they're like, you should just do this. Okay. <laughs> All right. But, uh, wow, it's very very cool, very fascinating, very interesting. So it's fun. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is not a popular field that students tend to go into. So you know, um, where do you think this came from? The the pathology interest. I I don't know. I, I mean, did you just love gross anatomy back in the day? Or? I actually didn't like gross anatomy at all. Really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I have more of a kind of a basic science background, as a lot of the students do. But I, most of a lot of my research has been focused more on basic science. But I think so. That was kind of an attraction, and then also just the the. I, I like the pure diagnostics of it because mm. um, the exactness, the precision, the, the precision, and also just. And then going into third year, I kept my mind open to whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how I told myself going into each rotation, even though I knew I probably didn't want to do it. Just experience it, see what happens. And a lot I've noticed in most rotations, very little time is kind of spent on the diagnostic aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And um, a physician spends a lot more time doing a lot of other things. Paperwork. And there's there's plenty of paperwork yeah. in math also. Okay. Uh, Talking to insurance companies. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a lot of that. And um, I'm pretty sure pathologists don't have to talk to insurance companies. No, not really. <laughs> not really. They uh, some of them talk to talk to lawyers and judges. And okay, juries, I guess that's the trade off. <laughs> <It's a trade-off. laughs> maybe the trade off. Somehow you're always plugged into the system. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So um, Levon, some fun questions. Yeah. Right? Um, so as you know, uh, when someone gets accepted to medical school, I give them a phone call. Yes. <laughs> and I've done this for three, four years now. And in my three or four years, when I called you, you're the only person who called back after I talked to them who didn't believe it was me <laughs> on the phone. So you thought your friends were pranking you. Do you I, remember this day? I do remember the day. And, uh, so. We were just – in admissions, we had a big laugh about this because <laughs> we were just astounded that apparently you have friends out there that would do this to you. Uh-huh. So talk about that. What? So I was um, a TA down lower campus right. uh, for cell biology, mm-hmm. Dr. Drew's class, and most students hated that class. So it was uh, we were just finishing up after a test. We we're collecting everyone's uh, tests, and we were just piling them. I just remember this really vividly. It was just the main auditorium. Mm-hmm. So we're collecting all the tests. All the students had left, and we have kind of really bad reception in there. But I get a phone call. And I don't recognize the number. I don't even recognize the first few digits. Most most of, them, of my classmates realize the number. They're like, oh, this is Dr. Chan. 
So I was like, oh, I don't know who this is. And then I get a phone call. It's it's you. And I obviously didn't realize. You, yeah, uh, I think you were in I, shock. I was in complete shock because it was at a time that I wasn't expecting. It was, uh, yeah. So I was and, – and you told me we were impressed with your welcome application. To, yeah, and welcome, welcome to medical to, yeah. school. Yeah. And I I would remember listening to your voice and it just like – I. I it was like, you know, when you're hearing things, but you're, it's not just, it's going right in one ear, right out the other. They call that in psychiatry, deal realization, there depersonalization. We there we yes. go. I haven't had psych yet. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then I was like, oh, thank, like, just thanks, because there was nothing else to say. And then I was in shock. I looked around. I looked at my professor. I was like, I, I need to leave for a second. I need to make a phone call. I go out in the hallway, take a couple of deep breaths. I'm like, this is a joke. There's no way this is happening. And... Um, so yeah, I, I called back. I don't remember the calling back part. I remember calling the front office. Yeah, and trying I had to left find the office. You. Yeah, and my staff picked up the phone. Yeah, and you re- you reassured me, and it was it was all good. Yeah, I just, I just <laughs> still to this day, he's got a kick out of that. So, Levon must I run just, with some interesting people. And let's uh, talk about that. Yeah, so, um, so Levon, like you have this reputation. Let's talk about your reputation. I did not realize I had one. Let's so what is your reputation in, in, in the school? I. I don't know. Well, well I think is, you're a fantastic classmate. Everyone I loves would you. Hope so you're, you're, do I? Yeah, you're kind of like a big teddy bear. If people can see you right now, you're, you know, you got yeah. the beard. And, I, yeah, I do have the beard. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm usually pretty quiet, but I don't know. Well, you're part of the fearsome foursome. I'm supposed to ask uh, you about. Oh this. yeah, I'm right, sure. About it. Yeah. And I'm somehow involved in the story. So. Uh, so, oh, you're definitely involved. Okay. So, uh, so me, a few of my friends and I were, were just walking down the hallway once and. And uh, just a good good friends of mine that uh, all the classmates and you were walking. I think it was that big glass hallway mm-hmm. down there, and you were walking across on the other side, and you just coined the phrase, "Oh, there's a fearsome foursome," and we're like, "Oh, that's that's cool. We so like it." So, what have you so guys just, done with this title? Uh, we you haven't really have made T-shirts. What's going? We on? haven't really made any T-shirts. We've we've made some other stuff. We've, we've made some uh, glasses and a couple of other things. Uh, a friend of mine. Uh, I'm trying to think. We have, uh, I think we have like a book and some cards and some other stuff. But okay. it's been, um, it's been fun. It okay. Just, it was one of those things that just stuck immediately. Okay. So I, I just know I'm not going to make you go into it. But sometimes I just hear these stories about you out there in the community doing fun stuff. And so I was trying to goad you to tell in one one of those well, stories spontaneously. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. Um, are you Are you allowed to go to certain places like Nevada? Oh. Yeah, you don't have to talk about no, that. No, right. no, no. So you've been <laughs> some people have been contacting you. With some information. <laughs> Let's um, switch gears. Let's so switch yeah, gears. no, we can we can address it. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I would. You're uh, turning red. No, <laughs> it's good. Uh, well, it's it's not a video, so they can't see me. <laughs> no, so um, I like to go to concerts. Okay, um, cool. Your concert going? Uh, so I've gone to hundreds of concerts throughout mm-hmm. and recently i mean some friends not med school friends just friends went down to uh vegas for a concert mm-hmm. and um this is one of my favorite bands and in the past as a teenager um i jumped on stage once at this at this is this band. Dion? uh it is not <laughs> <laughs> she's in vegas right? uh, okay so uh we jumped uh so i jumped on stage when okay. i was a teenager and it was fun and but recently, as I'm watching the the concert, and I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm getting old, and this is like I still go to concerts, but I'm like I used to have so much more fun when I was a teenager." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Why don't I just like uh, the stage is right there? Why don't I just go up there and jump on the stage and dance with the singer, and then just come back down?" 
So I did that. Uh, and so first didn't... of all, you had good enough seats that you were close to the stage. So it was a standing push... only. So you had to kind so... of push your way up there. I had to kind of go to the side, and I saw there was a security guard, uh, and I. So it was premeditated. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, Security guard was there too. Security guard was there, and then I watched him for a second, and he looked at because they get distracted. He looked at the stage, and I ran. There's a side door to the stage, mm-hmm. and then I ran up behind the stage, and I I don't have much experience with the stages, but I realized there were a bunch of people standing around. I was mm-hmm. like, if I take too long, security is going to kick me out. Mm-hmm. So I kind of pushed my way to the front, jumped on stage. Uh, this particular artist, she's really good about it and it happens all the time on her show. Do you feel comfortable saying the name of the artist? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a small band called The Sounds. Okay. Uh, they're from Sweden. What? It's, uh, they come here all the time, so okay. we go to their show. So I jump on stage. She lets me kind of sing along and uh, dance for a minute. And then um, in traditional fashion of uh, jumping on stage. You jump off stage into the crowd, just crowd surfing. Okay. God, this is a great image I'm getting. Uh, Yeah. And the crowd kind of parted a little bit, which is not supposed to happen. And I landed like on my ankle. So you jumped. I jumped. Usually the crowd's supposed to catch you, but uh, they just kind of backed off. So you fell. Uh, it was a soft fall. Okay, you, let, uh, you yeah. land on someone? Uh, I don't recall. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just a hit. Uh, okay. Just a hit. No, and then um, I saw a lot of flashlights, and uh, security escorted me out. Okay. Um, did, they st- did they have to stop the concert, or they just no? They just kept it going. They just kind of pulled yeah, you out. Just kind of pulled me out. Okay. And then, um, in my infinite wisdom, I went outside and bought another ticket and came back in. Uh, they didn't tell me to. They just said leave. I came back in and. Um, you didn't try to change your appearance anyway. No, well, I changed. I changed my shirt. Okay. I, changed my, I, I bought a concert shirt. This is really premeditated. It's sounding a lot more premeditated than I'm telling. So, um, so yeah. And then um, as soon as I come back in, about a song later, I see the um, see the flashlights again. They come escort me out, and they officially ban me from all MGM properties for so, how long? Uh, indefinitely. There wow. was. Yeah, so I, took, I don't know. Uh, were the cops involved at this point? No, it was just a security there. Okay. Did they ask for your ID? Uh, they did ask for my Can ID. Can they so. ask for your ID? Um, I don't know if I – Maybe I guess I wasn't – I didn't think I was doing anything wrong, so I gave them the ID. But okay. that's kind of maybe uh, – I should have probably did asked you have for the gall my rights. Did ask for your money back? No, I didn't. At that point, that. I was just glad that uh, the police weren't getting involved. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay so – um, no more going to MGM. I think, yeah, staying kind of north side of the Strip if I go to Vegas. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, most, right. most MGM properties tend to be on the south side. All right, LeVon, <laughs> this is awesome. All right, last few minutes. Yeah. Um, let's talk about applying to med school. Yeah. What tips do you have for people out there who are applying? I mean, what would you say to them? What, what counsel would you give them? Basically, how did you get into med school? I think just it's it's one of those it's one of those things where you just it, – it sounds really cheesy when you say it, but you – the, I don't think the undergraduate degree, degree matters very much. You go into so I, I did chemistry because not because I thought it would look good because I loved it. Mm-hmm. And doing something you love and obviously good grades and stuff like that matters. But I think just just hard work and dedication really just one day at a time it eventually pays off. Mm-hmm. It's there's not one thing. There's not it's not something that I'm sure there's some people that it. I'm trying to think. You might have to edit some of this out. (laughs) So what kind of activities did you do before? Oh, yeah. Um, So I think just getting involved in your community, whatever Mm -hmm. that is. And I think as long as it's it's something you care about, not something that you think others will care about. Mm -hmm. Uh, So 
um, and making sure that whatever whatever you're getting involved with, you can talk about and you can um, express your passion for that to whoever's interviewing you mm. and um, whoever's on the other side. Because it, no, it's not all just numbers. I think it's getting to know um, – people want to know why you did what you did. Uh, and what and, were you passionate about? I mean, what were you passionate about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so um, I so I did some uh, work with some refugees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some work uh, in hospice, mm-hmm. and um, I had quite a bit of some research and some other things. Um, but I think uh, it, it it pays off, and it's it's worth it. Okay, I've um, people all the time. I hear people all the time saying it's too much work, and as long as it's something you care about and you yeah. want to do, it doesn't matter how much work it is. Well, do you feel I mean in med school in the moment? Mm-hmm. If, doesn't it feel like a lot of work? I mean, in the looking, moment, yeah. yeah absolutely. Looking back to your undergrad days, doesn't that seem like easier in certain ways? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think you always look for, uh, forward, and you're like, oh, this is this is going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But I was, I don't know, five years ago or whenever you started this podcast, I was I was listening to this. Podcast. And now you're on it. The circle of life. Is this, complete. yeah, yeah. This is surreal. Okay. That's, uh, that's why I'm stuttering and can't uh, come up with any well, uh, just, advice. For I, I'm just excited about the pathology trajectory. I can just yeah. imagine you. Like, have you done surgery yet? I have done surgery. So in surgery, when they cut out the tumor, mm-hmm. did you just kind of track the tumor with your eyes and going, oh, I wish I can walk I out with that tumor? I seriously did. Oh, and I that told, is so amazing. I got to a point where – Because usually people feel that way about babies and that's how you yeah. know if you're going to be a pediatrician or not. You felt that way with – tissue yeah just like an ovary just leaving and you're like oh where is that going and uh i tried to and i told everybody that i want to be a pathologist because i was pretty certain at that time and Mm. um and i tried to as much as i could avoid the or and go hang out with a pathologist if i could fascinating (laughs) fascinating cool well levon thanks for coming on we'll have to have you come back it's like i think there's gonna be more stories you know i'm sure yeah your life is very colorful you know both the day job and the night job and the weekend (laughs) job it sounds like so oh and then going back to the sounds did the singer contact you and say hey that was so much fun I remember you. You're my biggest fan. I know that didn't there's happen. There's not like a Disney kind of moment. There might. I may have to go on their website. I haven't been, but okay. I may, maybe there are pictures of me on. Because there. there's probably it's probably rare for someone to get kicked out twice from the same concert. They probably remember you. They or maybe probably, they don't. I maybe, don't yeah, I don't know. All right, cool. Well, thanks, LeBron. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.